Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Stand together, give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. may be seated it's good to see everybody in God's house another it's, it's just a broken record now just a fine looking group of folks you know y'all y'all look good and we look forward to what God's going to do today all right Bryson front and center this fella he's he's turning 11 11 this week is anybody else here serious So, in case we don't know, has anybody else out there got a birthday this week? Or did you have one last week? Because we've had so many new folks, we don't have everybody's birthday down pat just yet. And we wouldn't want to miss an opportunity to embarrass you. (laughs) Unless you're like this young man who can't be embarrassed. He is his father's son. It's a family trait. It's a family trait. Let's sing to him, Happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. May feel Jesus near every day of the year. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. Have the best year you ever had. And with that, we will dismissed for children's church all right i'm pretty sure i've never seen anybody sing happy birthday to themselves he's like happy birthday to me I guess there's nothing wrong with it. Happy birthday to yourself, right? It's uh, it's interesting. It's good to have all of you here today. And I'm struggling to get my to get my life right here. All right. Thankful to be here today. Feel good? Don't feel good? Hang on. The Lord will show up. He already He's already here. And uh, I believe that he's going to do a work this afternoon. And I'm looking forward to the continuation of what God has been doing in this hour. It's, uh, it's amazing to have conversation with people in different states and different places that are testifying of the same thing it's God is just doing something in this hour there's been a shift a change and he is doing a work and people are are recognizing that and um, I uh, I started uh, a message on Wednesday um, talking about is apostolic the way and I have a, a similar train of thought here um, but I, I want to 
before we get into it, I just kind of want to talk about a few things. Today's message is going to be about signs of a healthy church. We get we hit, we get some examples of different churches in Revelation. The seven churches that are they're spoken of in Revelation, and uh, the first one is Ephesus. Ephesus was a loveless church. They were hardworking people, and they they endured and hated evil. And from the outside, they looked like they had it all together, but they were wrong. They left their first love. So that's one church. Smyrna was the persecuted church. And there was no rebuke for this persecuted church. Although they were continually under physical hardship. The people of Smyrna were promised that they would not be hurt by the second death. They were encouraged to stay faithful even when facing physical death. Pergamum, the worldly church, this church was the tolerant church. Although they refused to deny Christ, they allowed sin like idols and immorality, cults and heresies to remain among them. Thyatira was the wrong doctrine church. The church of Thyatira had love, faith, and good works. They were even patient people who were eager to grow. Where they fell short was their doctrine, which was infiltrated by idolatry, sexual sin, and pagan traditions. These are all brief descriptions of the churches that John wrote about in Revelation. I found these brief descriptions in an article and we've covered these in detail in the past, but you know, to keep us on a time crunch, just giving us little rundowns, little descriptions of these churches. Sardis was a spiritually dead church. Almost all the people in the church of Sardis had fallen asleep spiritually, except for a small remnant of believers. The dead church was encouraged to kindle and revive any small bit of faith that they had left. The Philadelphia church, the Philadelphia church was the spiritually alive church. Philadelphia did well. There was no rebuke for this church of faith. They kept the name of Jesus and never denied it. There is promise in the kingdom of heaven for these Christians. Laodicea, the last church, the lukewarm church, the church of Laodicea, unlike Philadelphia, only received rebuke. They were neither hot nor cold as we read in Revelation. Their reliance on riches and things of this world resulted in lukewarm halfway in type of Christianity. So what churches do we see in in the world? What church are we trying to, to be in the world. I for one would vote for Smyrna or Philadelphia. A church that would not receive any rebuke. But would hold fast to the promises. 
But I, I don't want to just struggle through life. I want to be spiritually alive. The Church of Philadelphia is a church where people are spiritually alive. Or what are the signs of a healthy church? I believe, I believe that a healthy church must have balance. Wednesday, we spent time looking into this question, is apostolic the way? We believe in the apostles' doctrine, so we must learn all the doctrine, or we must learn all the instruction. When we repent of our sins, get baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the Holy Ghost with the initial sign or the evidence of speaking in tongues, we are obeying true instruction. We are obeying sound doctrine. This is what they preached. Peter said, this is that. Peter identified and validated this experience by connecting it with what they had been taught up to this point. They did not preach an experience alone. There were prophecies and teachings that were already inside, inside them, awaiting revelation for, the, for why they were in there. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we read the scriptures. Is So at some point, it will click. At some point, there will be revelation. We may not understand it at first. How many of you get hung up five minutes into reading the Bible? Like, I, I don't know this. This doesn't make sense. You know what? It, it'll, you'll get there. It'll happen. There will be revelation. We pick it up. We study. We read. We pray. God, what does this mean? Show me what this passage means. Allow me to see it. And then revelation comes when God's trying to show us or when, when we're ready for it. Some people want to get the cart before the horse. They want to know why before they know who. If I know who first, the why will come and it'll be settled. I'll get it. I'll get there. If I put one foot in front of the other and say, God, I don't understand. I don't understand you. I don't understand the church. I don't understand where I am and why these things are happening in my life. Would you help me understand? I believe that God will help you if you hold on to him. So we're not after an experience. We're, we're after truth. The truth makes free. Traditional things don't make us free. Man's, man's doctrine doesn't make us free. The things of this world do not make us free. What makes us free is truth. When I know truth... It does not matter what I face or who I face because when I have truth working in me, there is this hope. There is this confidence that truth brings. There's this freedom. So the apostles, they weren't preaching an emotional experience. And we don't preach it today. We don't preach an emotional experience. We don't chase emotions. 
It's not emotional, although it's good to express emotion. How many believe it's okay to express emotion? It's okay to let the tears come down. It's okay to lift my voice and cry out to God. It's, it's okay to be in his presence and be consumed by his presence and let the tears flow. It's okay to stand to your feet and clap your hands and raise your hand. It's okay to jump up and down. It's okay to run around the sanctuary. It's okay to express how you are feeling in your worship. But that's not what we're after. It's an emotional experience. Because the reality is the truth is transformational. It transforms people. Truth transforms people. Sound doctrine will change you, but it must line up with his word or it will confuse you. There's a lot of people in our world who are confused because they've been taught a certain thing and it doesn't line up with the scripture. So it brings confusion. What we teach, what we preach must line up with the scripture. If we teach baptism in Jesus' name, and, and, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues, it must be in the scripture. And you know what the truth is? It is. It's in there. And it's repeated over and over again in the book of Acts. And, and you, you know that that was the message that the apostles preached when these churches were established. These other cities and countries, the message was the same. It never changed. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a promise. And it's not just for you. It's not just for the next generation. It's for as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we're here in the 20th, 21st century. And God is still calling people. So you know what that means? That promise is still available. There are so many different churches because they all teach things a little different. But can we get a hold of something here today? The first century church fought for their faith and expressed the importance for future generations to do the same. It's important to fight for what God reveals to you. It's important to fight for the faith. It's important to fight for the truth because you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to deceive. And if I don't know the truth, it's easier for me to be deceived. It's easier for me to believe a lie if I don't know what the truth is. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Now, let's jump down to, to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 through 10. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. 
Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, of manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. What? What the law will do is correct or reveal a person as a sinner. It shows us, the law shows us our error. But a righteous man will be living his life to walk with God and not contrary to him. A a, a righteous man will be doing his best to obey God's commandments and God's words. The law reveals what is contrary and those who are living contrary to sound doctrine or we can say it this way because this is what it means, healthy teaching. True instruction is healthy teaching and those who have received it are spiritually healthy. Now we've got to get the gauge out. Get the compass out. Get the gauge out and ask yourself a question. Am I spiritually healthy right now? Or do I need some help? I, I might not be as, spiritual, as spiritually healthy as I could be. But what I need to do is keep moving forward. And keep showing up. And saying, Lord, I know that you can do it. Help me. Help me to embrace sound doctrine. Help me to embrace healthy teaching because I want to be spiritually healthy. To give you a little bit about our organization, the United Pentecostal Church International, it's roughly 78 years old. It's a fairly, a fairly new organization when you compare it with uh, some of the other ones. Um, For instance, look at the Southern Baptist Convention. It's about 177 years old. So to the Southern Baptist, the UPCI looks like a cult because it's newer. Right? Hasn't been around as long as the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, the church of God is around 125 years old. So the United Pentecostal Church International is not known by by many, but some of these other ones, most of you in here know about the Southern Baptist Convention, don't you? But how how many of you understood when somebody invited you to an apostolic church that you knew about it? What's that? Most of the time I hear words like, or hear a pronunciation like apostolic. It's an apostolic church. The UPCI is here today because there were some men who said, what we are teaching doesn't line up with the first century church. Now we don't go back to the fifth, to the 4th, 
to the third century. We go all the way back to the first century. I don't care what the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh. I don't care what, what, what century people go back to. As long as you go back to the first century and you understand that they did things different then. The patterns have been changed. Man has injected his own ideas and thoughts and religion and created a mess, created confusion. And that's why there's a hundred churches in every city, in every town. And some of them only have 20 to 40 to 50 people. Is that a healthy church? Is it healthy for there there to be somebody to say, you know what, I don't like the way you're doing this. We're going to rise up and we're going to create our own thing. Because here's the here's the the situation uh, that we could put we could prevent from from developing, is is if I listen to God and I obey Him and He tells me to stay where I am, I could keep people from being confused by taking matters in my own hands and establishing a church the way I wanted to establish it. Because I could go and start whatever work I wanted to. Tell people whatever thing I wanted to. But that would not help anyone or that would not change anyone's life. And we must go back to the first century. What they left us were patterns of how to, how to have revival, how to walk in restoration, how to help people. How to represent God's church as a healthy church. So, so there was a split. And the United Pentecostal Church International was formed. But the split was, was valid because there was, a, there was a change from Trinitarian doctrine to oneness doctrine. And so that's, that's why there was a split because they, they couldn't agree any longer with what was being taught because it's not scriptural. You know why it's not scriptural? Because it's, it's not in here. Now, the, now pe- what has happened is man has read into, has read into the scripture and has established creeds for people to say this is how we're going to live our life. We're not going to necessarily go back to the word of God. We're going to live by a creed. And the creeds and confessions take precedence over what scripture tells us because scripture declares over and over and over and over again that there's only one God. But what has man done? It was, it was, it was around the, uh, the late third century before they ever established a working doctrine of the Trinity. Why did it take so long? Why did it take almost 400 years for there to be a doctrine formed? Sounds like a lot of mess going on from the first century to the fourth century. A lot of argument, disputing, none of that none of that took place in the first century. You know what they said? Earnestly contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints. There's no need to change it. Why? Because repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and the infilling of the Holy Ghost still works today. It still changes people's lives today. People can stand victorious because they got the power. 
That's why, that's why there is such an increase in the United Pentecostal Church. There is increase. There's increase in apostolic churches. Why? Because the method still works. The message is not changed. It's still the same. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and his name is Jesus. That's not my gospel. That's not my version of the gospel. Anybody who's sincerely striving to know God and want to know truth will read this Bible and look square into the eyes of those that are saying contrary and say, well, that that doesn't make sense. What book are you reading from? In fact, a lot of those people will leave Acts alone. But you don't, got, you don't have Romans, you don't have Ephesians, you don't have these letters unless you have Acts. Because in the book of Acts, we see the conversion of Paul. We see his life change. Why did his life change? Because the gospel changed. Sound doctrine changed his life. Sound doctrine change. And you know, that's why he was writing the letters and saying, you must fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Uh, Listen, mark those who walk contrary to you. You got to make sure that what you have in your hands is the truth. What am I holding on to? Am I holding on to what man has told me? Now, here's, here's the problem. This is what the, in, the enemy knows, that you'll take an educated answer over digging for yourself. When you go to the doctor and they tell you you're dying, what do you do? You go home, I got some bad news. Doctor told me I was dying. Said I'll be dead any minute. And we believe those things, right? Hook, line, sinker. Well, I better start plotting my grave. Better get my tombstone laid out. I'm already, I'm already thinking about death, already picturing it. Now, it's, it, it's appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. So it's, it's going to happen. Every one of us are going to die. Every one of us are going to pass away. But the doctor has no control over it. The doctor can give you a number. He can, he can give you a, a, let me just give you, let me give you an example. What they told my stepfather, which we're, we're, we're approaching one year that he's, he's uh, passed away. They told him he had six months. Two weeks. He was gone in two weeks. Less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. Doctors don't have a clue. But you know what? A a, a pastor or a preacher will stand behind the pulpit and tell you that all you have to do is accept Jesus as your personal Savior and we're hook, line, and sinker. We won't even look in it for ourselves. The pastor said it. He's up there. He's the pastor. Let's listen to what he said and agree with what he said because he's the one in charge. He's the one that has all the knowledge and understanding. And instead of us looking into the Scripture for ourselves, we just take some man's word for it. Every single one of you ought to be digging things out to make sure that I'm preaching the Bible. 
And if God shows you something, you, you come to me and say, well, listen, look, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you're saying this in the right way. What's going on here? Listen, we got to study to show ourselves approved. Listen, man will make mistakes. We cannot man make man God. Man is a mouthpiece for God, but man is not God. And so when a man says something and stands up and says, you know what, I want women on this side of the, uh, on this side of the church and men on this side, he has no Bible for that. So we have to make sure that what's being preached over the pulpit lines up with what does saith the word of God. What's sound? What's healthy? You know what's not healthy? You know what? I'm going to put you here and put you there. That is not healthy. Because then, then people end up walking around on eggshells. Like, is a pastor mad at me? He hasn't said anything to me. Am I doing everything okay? I seen him at Walmart. He didn't even look at me. Uh, uh. But that's the truth. We're la- we laugh about this, but is that reality? Oh, my goodness, the pastor didn't want anything to do with me. He hadn't even looked at me all service. Did I do something? I'm going through, all, I'm going through the closet, checking all my, is it, was it this? Did he read my text messages? It's, it's, it's a good thing to respect spiritual authority. But even, even, even I am accountable. I have a pastor. I'm not a rogue man. And my pastor ever says, son, you need to apologize for misleading people. I want you to know. I would be the first to say, I'm sorry for saying what I said. I have no scripture for that. And, and I need you to forgive me. You know, that's what, a, that's what a man of God should do. Should say, I'm sorry, I'm not a know-it-all. God's teaching me and God's helping me. God's instructing me. You know, God doesn't, he doesn't call pastors who went through pastoral schooling. Well, this is, this is product A and this is product B. And C, and this is how you're supposed to handle A, B, and C. This is how you're supposed to deal with this. No, God calls pastors, preachers, ministers to rely on him. And sometimes the signals get crossed. Sometimes, sometimes men do things. Sometimes men override. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy. It does not promote a healthy church. Because what happens is if people are walking around on eggshells, you know what visitors and guests will experience when they come into a church? They'll be looking for the eggshells. And this tight in here. Gonna sit down quietly. Hopefully nobody saw me. A spiritually alive church, I believe people ought to come in here and say, something's happening in here. There is life in here. Oh my goodness, I've never felt this before. That's the sign of a, I remember, uh, I remember a situation, and I won't say any names, but somebody come and visited. They were a little late, so they, they caught in right when we were in the middle of worshiping and praising the Lord, and they come in and it's like, ooh, it's thick in here. I 
I love when people recognize that there is spiritual activity going on in here. That this isn't a dead church. We're a church that's really trying to get a hold of truth. And we want to live victoriously. We want to live in freedom. We want God to do a work that he gets to glory for it. So because that, we must still be open to adjusting our beliefs as we grow. Because we can get stuck in an unbiblical teaching if we're unwilling to learn. I can get stuck right, right where I am. Well, that's not the way I was taught. And we can get so disgruntled about it. And, and you know what? We were taught good things. But we must always be thinking that there is more for me to understand. God doesn't want me to just be alive. He wants me to thrive. We're not just existing. Because that's not, that wasn't what the first century. The first century church did not get, get into buildings, huddle, hunker down together, and say, we're going to wait here until the coming of the Lord. The truth is, would any of us be here if they had done that? We're only here because there were people who said, this is the message that changes people. And they confronted every lie. Titus chapter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Another letter that Paul was writing. Titus and... Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, verse 2, in the hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. The first three verses reveal Paul as a servant ordained by God through Jesus Christ to preach or to spread the words of truth because he had been entrusted with this truth. When God entrusts us with the message, we must be responsible. We must be good stewards of the truth that's been given. And now he was relaying this to Titus so he could do some things. So he could preach. So he could teach. So he could establish. So there could be growth. The Listen, the first century church did not understand a small church mentality. Around 8,000 people were added in the first part of Acts. But people were added daily. That spread through the land. And when that message reached the unbelievers, they were confronted with truth. And now what am I going to do with this message? What am I going to do with this truth? Am I going to accept it? Am I going to embrace it so my life can be transformed? Verse 4. To 
to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Verse 5. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city. Everybody say every city. As I had appointed thee. What was, what was Paul telling Titus? I left you in Crete to build. I left you in Crete to teach. I left you there to give people the truth, to give people this message. I left you there to get some things and set some things in order. The things that are absent, the things that are no longer there, the things aren't there, they never were there, in fact. Establish some things so they can hear this message. Ordain elders, or in the Greek, the, the Greek for elders is presbyterios, which is where we get presbyter. And in our organization, we have presbyters, and we can see an organized effort in the letters. Uh, and then Paul describes to ordain them. And so we do see an organized effort in the scriptures. Verse 6, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. Now, for a second here, I want us to break down that passage because there there have been people through the years that have preached from this text saying that a bishop must be a family man. Well, was Paul? Well, so this can't be, this, the context can't be that a bishop must have a family with children. Let's, let's look at this a little bit. Because for a bishop must be blameless. And this means he must not live in a way contrary to the list of things that we will read in a moment. It also doesn't mean that the overseer or the superintendent, which is what that word bishop means, has to be married. But should be viewed, now this is, this is the thing that we have to consider in this context here, but should be viewed as if he is married. This is what a blameless married man's house looks like. So if the bishop is married and has a family, He's got to be blameless, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, not striker, nor given to filthy lucre. But I don't believe a person, and this is another thing, another thing that, uh, that I have believed that people have, have, uh, taken this passage and maybe been too critical for it.
I don't believe a person loses their credibility when their adult children walk away. I've heard people say, well, I can't believe they're still a pastor and their children don't even live for God. Well, children grow up and become adults and make decisions. That does not mean I'm any less of a minister if I got children that make the wrong decision. I did everything, and I believe that the, that the people did everything to teach their children how to make right decisions, how to seek godly counsel, how to put their life at the center of God's will, how to do those things. And when, when kids grow up, they make a decision, I don't want this anymore. And that does not make the, the pastor or the preacher or the minister any less valuable or powerful because of their children's mistakes. That's unscriptural. So as a bishop or an overseer, we have a district and a national overseer not self-will, self-pleasing, arrogant, not quickly angry, not drunk, quarrelsome, or greedy. We have, we have to be, as ministers, we have to be ready to do the right thing. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like. As a pastor, I got to be ready to do the right thing. Make the right decision. Say the right thing. And then when I don't do that, or say, or I don't, match up with that, then I have to be willing to own it, apologize. Anybody ever known a preacher that wouldn't apologize? You don't have to show your hands. I know you're in here. You know, that's pride. So they have to be a bishop or overseer, has to be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine or striker, nor given to filthy lucre. What, what Paul was saying, Titus, you have to establish an overseer in every city who is not going to beat people, who is not going to treat them harshly, but who is going to confront the lies? So God positions a man in a city to confront lies and to, to deliver truth that will cause people to come out of their error. There's a church in this city because there was a family who said, I'm willing to accept the call and go to this city because they need to hear this message. It's still the same right here, right now. This church is here so everyone around it can hear the voice of truth. That every lie can be confronted. That every lie can be exposed. Verse 8, and I'll close with this. 
but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy tempered. These are all the qualifications of a bishop, of an overseer, of a person who will go to a city and establish a work, begin, begin this, this, this transition to, to begin to deliver these words of truth. And this person needs to be fond of guests. We're so thankful that you're here today. We're fond of our guests here. We want you to be encouraged. We want you to be strengthened. We want to be promoters of virtue uh, with sound mind, equitable, pure, strong, and self-control. We are, stri- we are striving to do everything that is sound. And I'm thankful that you are here with us today. Man. In just a moment, this place just got filled up. Let's all stand. Amen. We're gonna we're gonna just take a break here, greet greet one another, and uh, and let's uh, come back and in just a few moments here, and let's get into uh, our uh, spirit of worship here today. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Haven't got to greet everybody yet, but it's so good to see all of you here today. And uh, I'm not usually standing right up here at the beginning of service, but I wanted to give God a praise report and to give you all a praise report. Some of y'all remember, remember when we had 40 days of prayer? That was the fall of 2021. We had 40 straight days of prayer here at the church. And we, we laid some things before the Lord and we prayed about it. And that's what we've got to do, right? And during that season, I started praying a prayer And I shared it with several of you. And so several of you all have been praying that same prayer with me. Amen. Y'all, we've been praying together. And the prayer that we prayed, I don't know why we prayed this specifically, but this is just what God had dropped into my mind. We prayed for 30 kids in children's church. And today we had 30 kids in children's church. And I'm so grateful because... When we would pray over that, we would pray every child represents a family and every child represents a soul. And every child, if we can touch these kids, they can take something home. And we prayed a blessing today. We said, God, let them take the presence of God into their homes, into their families, to their brothers and sisters and moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas and aunts and uncles and everybody around them. Let them take what they feel in this place. And we're about to feel God's presence in here. And I'm praying that over you too, that these kids, you feel God's presence coming off of them, but that you also get a hold of something today that you take with you. And it's going to change your family. It's going to change your job situation. It's going to change your home life. It's going to affect you in every way. Amen. Anybody hungry for that today? 
Oh, why don't we stand all over this house and let's just lift up our praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Let's let a roar fill this house. God, we love you. God, we worship you. We give you all the praise. Come on up. We're just going to get this thing started. We're so excited that you're here today. We're so thankful for prayer answering God. And I believe anything is possible today. If we'll do, if we'll do what the scripture says and praise him, we'll receive what the scripture says he'll inhabit the praises of his people. And so we can enter in to this place here right now with gratitude and say I'm here to worship you Jesus I'm here to lift my voice and let you know how much I need you in my life and how grateful I am to have an opportunity to reach out and reach for you we thank you Jesus for your presence in this house encourage you this afternoon if you want to present your offering to the Lord there's this brown box up here we're going to worship in our giving but we're also going to worship uh, with our songs with our dance anybody got a dance in them today anybody got a shout today anybody feel triumphant today come on before you leave this place today you can feel that victory you can feel that spirit of being more than a conqueror Oh, let it happen today, Jesus. Arrest us with your presence. Let us leave this place feeling confident that we are more than conquerors. Amen. Let's magnify his name. Hallelujah. Well, let's keep doing that right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Oh, he's a good God. He's a faithful God.
of the Father as book Acts chapter 2 begins to declare suddenly there was a sound now I want us to think about this for a moment because I believe there was a different sound that came into that room but there was a certain sound in that place it was the sound of people praising. It was the sound of people praying. Before there was a sound from heaven, there was a sound from man that said, God, we're waiting for you to show up. We're waiting for a suddenly. And if God is going to move in this place, man must make the sound first. I'm going to make the sound first. So when we say glory, hallelujah, this is what we came to do. Anybody facing a stronghold? There's a stronghold in your family. There's a stronghold in your life. Let me tell you what will... Let me tell you what will change that. 
a stronghold in your life right now, right where you are, will be defeated if you praise. That stronghold in your life of being depressed and being a mess and being discouraged and being anxious and threatened, that stronghold will be destroyed if you open your mouth and give God praise. a stronghold in my life but I still have a voice and I can still praise God you can praise God's stronghold in all and you know who's going to show up in your mess to bring salvation to bring redemption it will be the God you cry out to Find the devil in Jesus' name. Ah, you know what? We need some things loosed. You need some things loosed off your life. The stronghold of the enemy. The influence of, of his lies and his deceit. You need that loosed from off your life. Uh, and we're going to bind it. You know what? I'm going to praise him. I'm going to submit my life. I'm going to submit this afternoon to praise in the name of Jesus. I'm going to submit to him. And I'm going to cry out to him. And when that stronghold is loose from off my life, I'm going to bind it in the name of Jesus and cast it into outer darkness. Strongholds be broken in this place. weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds you know what you you know what you know what mighty weapons you have today your prayer your praise your worship his word it'll always go back to his word of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. I'm going back to the house of prayer. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Ah, kingdom-minded saint, kingdom-minded child of God, you need to begin to bind and loose some things. Come on, the keys have been released. You got the keys today. I know where the keys are. I know where the keys are. Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I'm I'm surrendering. I'm submitting my life to you. I'm submitting my problems to you. And I'm resisting the enemy. I'm resisting the lies. You know what? We're getting ready to open this altar up. For somebody who wants to submit. You want to submit to God? 
You want to submit to God. You want to resist the lies of the enemy that said, that said you'll never make it. You'll never get through. You'll never be anything than who you are. Oh, I'm submitting to the one who knows me. I'm submitting to the one who knows where I am. And I'm going to resist every lie from hell. Every lie that the enemy would try to bring my direction, I resist it. Come on, the enemy has said you'll never be healed. The enemy has said you'll never be free from your affliction or disease or illness. I want you to come, submit your life to God. Resist the lies. We're going to lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith and believe that God is going to make a way. Church, let's pray. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary
God Almighty 
through and anything is possible. Hey, show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters he can't walk. Hey, he's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. It's possible. Oh, come on, let's rejoice just a little while in here today. There's a kingdom. There is a kingdom right here, right now. Advancing at the speed of light. Oh, and in his kingdom, every dead thing, every dead thing is bound to rise. Oh, God, our Redeemer. He is faithful. He is faithful to revive. Oh, he will revive. Oh, there's some people today that you've got your mind made up. Anybody got a made up mind in this house today? Hey. Come on. Oh, say, all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. A victory dance. I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance I will dance out. I will crush disappointment and break
depression, it has to go in the name of Jesus. Until addiction, it's got to go in the name of Jesus. Every fear is loosed off of your life right now. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Oh, all of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. Hey! I will crush disappointment hey! and break every chain. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Break every chain.
trust you with the answer. I trust you with the help. I trust you with the strength. Worship like you believe. Cry out like you don't want anyone standing in the way. Jesus, now son of David, have mercy on me. Come on, Bartimaeus. Do you still got a mouth? Do you still have lungs? Do you still have a voice? I know they've taken your sight. I know that right now you can't see. But there is a Savior who is close. And if you cry out. Come on, Bartimaeus. Your identity is not being blind. Your identity is in Jesus. over your neighbor you might not know what they're going through but God does maybe they just need somebody to come close to them and tell them God sees you God's with you maybe what they need to be surrounded with are trumpets of truth defy everything that you've heard about yourself I'm not who the culture tells me I am I'm not who my family has decreed me to be I am who you say I am God you decide in Christ Jesus I have a new identity in him I feel like there's some things I believe I sense it here today I sense that there's this there's this undergirding there's this flow trying to birth some things in this assembly he's trying to birth some some things into your life
I come against every lie of the enemy. I come against every lie that has infiltrated your hearing and convinced you to believe a thing that's untrue. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I take authority and dominion over every spirit at work that has brought about deception and seduction and lies and torment and frustration. I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And I release you. I release healing over your life. And I loose the lies from off of your life. I loose it from off your life. And I release healing by the authority of the word of God. And by the power that is in the name of Jesus. I release healing right now. I'm no longer, I'm no 
Lord, there's nothing I hold on to Cause I'm holding on to you There's nothing I hold on to There's nothing I hold on to Lord, there's nothing I hold on to Cause I'm holding on to you Yeah, yeah There's nothing I hold on to There's nothing I hold on to Cause I'm holding on to you
hold fast. I want to hold fast to the truth that you'll direct my path, that you'll order my steps, that your word will be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, I lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge it. In all my ways, I acknowledge you, Jesus. Oh, help me walk in the way. Help me walk in the way that you have prepared for me. Help me walk in a way, Lord, that follows after the leading of your spirit. I don't want to trust myself any longer, God. I want to trust you. I want to believe you. I want to be persuaded. I want to be persuaded by your faithfulness, God. My life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. Maker of heaven and earth, everything that I see, I can't live or move without you. I can't live or move without you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that allow me to get back up. tell you that the Lord can get you there. The Lord can get you to where you want to be in Him. such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place today. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. you today, get what you need in the Lord. 
his throne room is open. And there is an invitation to come boldly to the throne to obtain mercy. To obtain mercy and find grace. To find what you need. Maybe it's hope that you need. Maybe the thing that you need is joy. Maybe the thing that you need in your life is peace. Maybe the answer that you need is a, it's a reason for your existence. You were created for purpose. Your life is not an accident. Your life is not a mistake. There doesn't need to be confusion for that. But you need to heed the voice of truth. The voice of truth declares the day that you were created for him. You're his. He has, he has his eyes on you. He has, he has his focus on the hurt, on the broken, on the bruised, on the poor. His eyes are fixed on those who need a physician, who need deliverance, who need help. This room is filled with people who have experienced help from the Lord, who've, who've experienced deliverance, who have experienced healing. Who have experienced mercy and grace. We have experienced his love. Thank you for demonstrating your love, God, to your people. You know what he did for us? Through his spirit. 
Today we've been talking about the voice of truth. We've been talking about truth. We've been talking about sound doctrine. Sound doctrine today. Sound doctrine. Health, healthy teaching today is that there is a promise to receive the Holy Ghost and that the very love of God would be shed in your heart. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which has been given to us. The very love of God begins to work in people who have His Spirit. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, today's a good day to do that. We have water ready. All we have to do is go through what the Scripture says you must do. You must repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Be willing to say, you know what, God, I'm going to change my life. From here on out, I'm going to serve you. From here on out, from this moment on, God, I'm yours. I want out of this life. I want redeemed. I want saved. And I want to obey your commandments. Peter stood with the eleven and began to preach the first message. Acts chapter 2. When he was finished, the people responded with men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do with what we've heard now? And it's a decision that everyone has to make. Repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this is a promise this is a promise I'm going to repent I'm going to be baptized in Jesus name and I'm going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance Where are you today? What is your spiritual health? Are you spiritually alive or, or do you need, you need a reviving, resuscitation? You need God to breathe on you or breathe in you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and you, you see your need, you see that you have, you have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and you want your sins, you want your past mistakes, your failures, you want them, you want them to be buried, never to come back again. Then you must be baptized in Jesus' name.
for those remissions, for those sins to be remitted. Anybody want to carry your past along with you and let the enemy keep attacking your mind, attacking your conscience of the things that you've done? Listen, you can start over. You can start fresh. You can repent of your sins. Be buried in the name of Jesus and they'll be washed away. Ready to start a new life in Him. Anybody in here? You don't have to feel foolish. Listen, we love you. We believe God's going to do a mighty work in your life if you let him. If you want out. I believe you do. Church, why don't you? Why don't we stand? Okay, we got. We got. We have one who said, "I want out." You know what? If that makes heaven rejoice, we ought to rejoice. We're joining heaven today. <laughs> This is why there are churches in this city. This is why there are churches in this nation, in this world. It's for people to come in and find hope and find redemption and find restoration for their life and learn how to walk above the things that have kept them, kept them in a place of captivity. Amen. Amen. Can we pray right now, church? Would you pray with me? Everyone that's been born again of water and spirit, would you pray right now? And let's be specific that God would release a work of restoration in this house. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in this assembly, Lord. We recognize how empty and hopeless we are without you, Lord. And so I pray right now and I ask and I trust and believe that there would be a spirit of restoration that would move through this house. I speak it by the authority of the word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. I speak it over this house, over this atmosphere. I release the work, the ministry of reconciliation that people would be reconciled to God. I release it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, release it over your neighbor. Begin to speak it into this house. Speak it in the atmosphere. Join us. Join with me right here. I release restoration. Somebody release restoration. Somebody release the words of hope right now. Somebody release a word of healing right now in the name of Jesus.
Anybody else ready? I don't want to push you into doing something, but I just feel the moment's right. The moment's right to give someone the opportunity to say, I want this. I don't want to resist any longer. I want this. I want it, Lord. I recognize there are times that I fail to do this, to give people the opportunity. And listen, this is why there are churches. This is why we're here today. It's to see people grab a hold of the truth for their life. To grab a hold of the truth that God loves you. And he's given you a way out. You know what we need to pray? I love I love the testimony that my wife gave about having 30 today in Sunday school. And that is amazing. That's awesome. It's it's a it's a, a an encourager to, for people to pray. And I, I appreciate every answered testimony. You know what another prayer we need we need to pray is that we can keep water in that tank over there. That there would be no reason to drain it because there will always be somebody who wants to be born again. That the waters would be stirred. That people would be free from the life of sin that they've lived. And that they would be washed by the blood of the Lamb. That they would be washed by the name of Jesus. Let this be a beacon of hope in this community where where a man can come, a man, a woman, or a child can come to themselves, repent of their sins, and be buried in the only saving name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, we, we might as well get this thing rolling. While we're doing this, if anyone else wants to slide in while the, while the water is warm, because it's warm today. Woo! It's warm today. So that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to dismiss, and we're going to get ready. And, uh, okay. I, I do have announcements that I need to make first. Yes. Yes, yeah, so just very quickly. Um, Two things, choir. There will be choir practice next Sunday. And also, there will be a choir practice Saturday at 3 p.m. If you're in the choir and you cannot make it Saturday, that's okay. But we're learning a new song that I think we need additional time for. So if you are in the choir, choir practice is at 3 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday morning at 1045. If you're not in the choir and you want to be, let me know and I'll send you the song we're working on, okay? Also... We have a group that we're working on, a sign group. We have a sign language group that's going to be presenting and ministering to us on Pentecost Sunday. And if you are interested in being part of that, I know we've already got a huge group that we're working with, but we want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to be a part of that. If you're interested in being part of that, then you need to come right back in here after the baptisms. We're going to have two baptisms today because Sister Jonna 
wants to be rebaptized today. And so we're going to rebaptize her today. And then this sister is getting baptized today. Praise God. So we have two people going down in the name of Jesus today. And when that is over, and then there may be a third, who knows, it might be you today. You're over there and you say, I want to get baptized. Amen. We'll make that happen. But after that is complete, if you want to be part of the sign team, then you need to come right back over here for a meeting about that. Thank you. All right. Men's conference in uh, two weeks. So we will we'll be getting together closer, closer to that date and figuring out our discussing our travel plans and our departure on that Friday, April 28th. All right. Let's uh, let's go over to the fellowship hall joyfully. Amen. Amen. God bless you.